Next week on this very date, it'll be um, hours until kickoff. But it's not next week. It is to the getting fairly late on Tuesday, August 20th. And this is the Souk Up Summer Series. I'm Chris Williams, joined as always tonight in the home office by Brent Bourne. Counting down the days. Ready to roll? Yeah, kind of. It's like it, you wait, you wait, you wait, and then here we go. Game time. Tonight's um, topic is one that I've wanted to hit on for about a month now. We um, kind of stumbled upon this the last time, mm-hmm. and... You know, we're, we're, we're entering what, what many are calling, and I think it's safe to say, arguably the most anticipated season in Iowa State football history. Uh, preseason top 25. In, in our lifetime, yeah. no question. Correct. Um, I think that if we go back in time, I can pinpoint you to the game where everything turned. Okay. And that's where we're going to tackle tonight on the Sukup Summer Series. Brought to you by our friends at Sukup Manufacturing. And a reminder, and there's been a release out. Um, I saw the Sukup Twitter feed tweeting about this earlier. That your favorite Cyclones, and there'll be a few Hawkeyes there too. But they're coming together. Hosts. Yes, they're coming together to build a Sukup Safety Home at this year's Cyhawk football game at Jack Tri Stadium. Now, they're going to do this south of the Sukup End Zone Club in the new Riemann Plaza. Do you know where that is? Absolutely. It's okay. hard to miss now. Yes. Yeah, but if you haven't been to Ames That's since a, last football, oh, my gosh. A lot the, the has changed. Riemann Gardens is taking over. Dude, I couldn't believe it when I went up there. Um, well, it was the same day as the Niang golf outing. Yeah. And I spent a couple hours with Campbell, the last off-the-record podcast I did with him. I could not believe that area. Yeah, it's, it is so different. It's very much different. And then they started construction on the north end, which is a minor inconvenience. But when that thing's done, oh. the whole dynamic for Jack Trice is going to be even better. Anyways, um, yeah. some of this week or this year's guests, Lindsay Fennelly, she's a friend of the podcast. Absolutely. Tim Dwight. I once owned a Tim Dwight um, you know those Hawkeye jerseys with the wings? With the feathers? Yeah, I got one of those for Christmas. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I saw the light. <laughs> uh, Sage Rosenfels, friend of the pod. Dallas Clark, friend of the pod. He's been on Fanatics before. Okay, well, good guy. Really good guy. I, take your word for it. I really like Dallas a lot. Jack Whitfer, friend of the pod. Jeff Woody, friend of the pod. And many more. They're going to build the souk up safety home at Jack Trice Stadium. I saw they added Brett Culbertson to the mix, which is perfect for a Cyhawk game. Oh, yeah. You like that? Right there. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. So I reorganized my office that we're working in tonight, and I framed a couple of Cyclone jerseys, and one of them is the throwback from that Shaggy game, the 15-13. to 2007. Clones were like three touchdown underdogs going into that one. Chizik's uh, first year. Uh, check out at Sukup MFG at Sukup MFG for their official announcement video, and you can learn more at safetyhome.com. That's safetyhome.com. Our friends at Sukup Manufacturing, the presenting sponsor of the Cyclone Fanatic Summer Series. Will, will they have to share a stage, the Safety Home, with College Game Day? Ooh. 
Think about the exposure for the safety home of game. Oh day man, stadium. the safety home is going to be a rock star. I, well, it already is, but just get like, Corso in that thing. Corso could put on a size hat inside size of a safety home. I'm for it. Uh, I also want to remind everybody um, two things here. One, we're having our big kickoff party this weekend, the 24th, 2 p.m., Barntown Brewing, where we will tap upon further review. That's the name of the beer. That's the name of the beer. Upon further review, it's the third Cyclone Fanatic-themed beer from Barntown Brewing Company. Uh, most importantly, uh, this day, we, we always like to raise money for a great cause. Right. We're doing one close to my heart, a girl from my hometown. I know her dad very well. I don't know Madeline Pulliam very well. I'm very close with her father. And I talked to her father today, Brent. She is coming to the event. Oh, my gosh. There's going to be like 10 members of their family there, and uh, we're going to raise a lot of money to help her fight chemotherapy, you know, all the nasty stuff that comes with that. She had a really rare form of cancer. Uh, Our whole, you know how the small town deal, Mm -hmm. you lived in one for a while. um, When one person's hurting, everybody is, and the whole town has been, she's such a sweet girl, and um, 16 years old, she's going to be a junior at Clarinda this year, and she's fighting like crazy and doing really well. So, but she's still got chemo coming up, so we're going to help pay those bills. Uh, of all the things Fanatic does, some, you know, silly, some solid, I don't think anything beats what Fanatic has done for good causes. So, yeah, kudos to you. I know you're the you're the champion of these things, and you get you get, you rally around people. And to think of the community building aspect of Fanatic, I don't think. Any other website does it better, so when, uh, it's going to be fun to see CF impact somebody else. Well, we we did this last year for for Chief, mm-hmm. and um, he didn't make it right much longer after that. But Chief came up to me, and he um, at, at that event, and there's great video out there. I think Channel 13 had a video with him, and he was so touched by that event. And he told me last, so I, we gave him. It was close to fifteen thousand dollars. It was, it was yeah, right around the there. Tens. And he told me at that event, I'll never forget it, because he had just had a really good scan. Yeah. And we were yeah. thinking I mean, it was like a celebration, a little bit. Yeah, we were thinking that, um, and I'm, I bet his brother is listening right now um, because they're big fans of the site. But um, he told me, you know, I'm just you. You're scared, and you don't want to die. Yeah. But you are more scared for your family family Mm -hmm. afterwards and Mm -hmm. he's like i can open he used that money and literally opened up a saving account for them to you know do whatever with once he was gone and it it was pretty pretty cool and um we'll just keep doing it keep keep it rolling we're gonna keep on saturday we'll do that on saturday and also i wanted to give a shout out quickly um before we get going into this to the title nine podcast yes the new member of our podcast family here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. I thought that these gals were awesome. I, I don't know if you got to listen I, I to listened it. To the whole thing. I was traveling for work today. Listened to the whole thing. And Elisa and Steph are. They have amazing chemistry for being one episode in, and they are. They are going. This is not a hey. Let's put a couple of females on the. They are going to knock it out of the park. I knew Steph from college, so we went to college with Steph. Yeah. And, I mean, she was always, like, 
A plus, one of the smartest people yeah. in our journalism. Well, clearly because she got out of journalism. You know, I mean, <laughs> she's, she's the, the right on the wall. She was the smartest. But I mean, this isn't this isn't just okay. Here's a couple people and you know females trying to throw something. These two really intelligent yeah. sports fans too. Yeah, very I mean, very it, bright. It's uh, it's going to be must, and I think a, a great addition to be to add to. I mean, I think it's a, it's a neat series of podcasts right now with what Stans is doing with Fitz, and then the the Fartcast is one of my favorites. And the Fart's really good. It's, it's so, well, yeah. and then the fact that you're doing video now with some of these things, man. Fanatics growing up a little bit, C Dub. We actually too, um, if you're listening to the podcast, we've we're up on Spotify. We are now up on so Stitcher. Stitcher. Yep. Uh, we got up on TuneIn today. Okay. We'll be up on iHeart. Now, iHeart's got like our RSS feed. It's not like our official channel. That will be up. You're going to hear a lot of things improving with the podcast. I don't want to get too far into it, but we switched how we serve it, basically. We used to just upload it onto our Cyclone Fanatic server. Now, um, do you remember uh, Panoply or Panoply? Or, mm, man. It's a really big, me. it's called Megaphone now. Okay. And we've it's joined. A podcast company. Yes. And now we have all these tools that we've never had before. Got it. Um, so we thank everybody for listening because yeah. if uh, we, you have to have a certain amount of audience to get onto these networks, and we're finally big enough to do that. Awesome. So thank what, you. What a year to start. Yeah. Thanks to all of you for that. All right. Um, I I can't get this game out of my mind, Bloom. I'm going back to September 28th, 2017. It's a Thursday night. And what I specifically remember, we're doing the pregame show. Now, I did um, my my radio show from Jack Tri Stadium, sure. too. Sure. Um, I remember that we – I don't remember the specifics of it, but I, I remember being on that stage for a really long time. Or I was on Murph and Andy or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you're right. So, Thursday. Yes. Were, the Thursdays were always – I obviously had more of those. It's, it felt like in the past. Yeah. But this was the big deal. So this is the ESPN national game. So Iowa State, I think it's a 7 o'clock kick. But so Murph and Andy are 2 to 4. And then Cyclone Fanatic was 4 to 5. And the yeah. network's on starting at 5. And it was it was hot. It was a warm. It was a nice day. Picture perfect day. But it, it gets warm during the afternoon. So I remember, the anticipation was really, yeah. really, really pretty special for this game. I remember two things from pregame. I remember... Uh, Mike Warren's mom put out a couple like controversial tweets. Oh. Yeah, but do you remember that? Yes, I, now now I do. That's because right. This was David Montgomery. Montgomery, was, had, sto- Mago- Montgomery had stolen the show two weeks ago against yes. Iowa. Yes, and he was the guy. And then he got the majority of carries the week before against at Akron. Akron. Um, I remember that. Yeah, and I remember the bugle logo. Oh, making its debut and they so they released that and that was this was not the black uniforms that we all knew were coming the bugle logo which by the way i like i know i'm really? in the minor i love the bugle logo just don't put it on red put it on black put it on white put it on gray don't put it on red and it would have looked really sharp if that thing comes out on a white helmet completely changes the dynamic of the conversation i totally forgot that the logo was a part of this, <laughs> this game this game did they know did did we know beforehand well, it wasn't like week of they announced it, it was like right no before. it was it was like three hours was before to be kick. a surprise yeah it was we were on the air that's right because they had, they had tweets about it where the <laughs> players are going to the locker room it was it was they, me and jeff woody were on the yeah, air when this happened because they see it in the in the 
some of the Twitter videos, and some of them were enthusiastic. Others didn't feel like they were, but maybe that's just 2020 hindsight. Well, I, I still – I'll go to the grave saying if they put that on a black helmet or a white helmet, everybody completely thinks differently. I've Just being around women's basketball, they have that logo on a lot of their, like, practice stuff. Sure. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah. And it looks awesome. It looks great. Yeah. It doesn't look good on red. It That was doomed – from the beginning because of the game results. Correct. I think. They win that game by 40. And the fact it was on ESPN and, you know, I would say it's a popular Everybody saw it. Yeah, and so it's like, in Twitter anymore, it's no one's like, oh man, those are great. It's usually it's a group thing. Yeah, and you and you get the negative first. Anyways, um, I'm That's on the like record. The bugle. I like the bugle logo. It's never come back. It is, we've never seen it again. Which and I they, they went all in on that thing. I mean, they had oh, they had they gear. spent hundreds of yeah. thousands of dollars. And they're still like, you, <laughs> but they even like researched it. They took yeah. it to like some firm, it was I believe, a, a popular like some. De- famous designer that designed this thing it's not a bad logo i like i like that logo i'm sorry right i like that logo better than the i-state logo i still don't really like the i-state really yeah i don't like i i would have gone walking side yeah i would have gone the old tornado guy uh the easiest thing would have to do and this is not by the way i don't dislike i-state i don't dislike that one i like the bugle one better the classic cyclone from like eight late '80s, should be Iowa State's mark, in my opinion. Like that, I agree. Just that or walking inside. Walking inside is good too. Yeah, but it's same era. Anyway, yeah, same. Regardless, that's another, that's they, another discussion. They, yeah, they've done fine with the I State. I don't have a problem with it. The the bugle logo looks great, but not on a red helmet. Yeah, that's just it my just opinion. Made it look and like I know, a potato you, chip. You know how the the yeah. listeners will just annihilate me for this opinion. I know it's not popular. Cause, but uniforms get very um, feisty. That's right. So that was announced pregame. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, record-wise, they're 2-1, and one, right? So Yeah, they had the 44-41 to 41 loss to Iowa. Yeah, and that was... they should have won. That was... They should have won that game. But the defense did not play well, which I think plays into what we're going to talk about here. But, Chris, remind me, expectations for that year... Let's get back to a bowl game, right? Yeah, that's, you're, that, you're, you're thinking, not even thinking. Let's get to six let's and just six. Get to six, right? So if we can, that and, was the talk. And you, you beat you and I comfortably for the most part, and then obviously the loss to Iowa. And the Akron game was pretty nondescript. It was a weird game. I mean, it was parked through for like two eighty-five, if I remember. Montgomery had a couple touchdowns. And the defense was okay. But so you're two and one. You have this nice game with Texas, who supposedly this is year one under Tom Herman. Which added another layer because yeah. it's our good buddy Mensa Tom back in the house. Correct. The first and he had in the off season made those remarks yes. about, well, yeah. this isn't this recruiting is- to Ames, Iowa, <laughs> or whatever Tom said. And if you know, the backhanded compliment. If that didn't, and I'll just leave it at this because uh, I'm not going to get into too many details. Like, I don't think that he and Matt Campbell are sending each other no. Christmas cards. No. There was run ins when Matt was at Toledo. And Tom was at Ohio State. Like this is, this is a game there's, the Iowa State some history. I do think too, and it's got to stick in Campbell's craw that those two teams he can't beat are Herman and Brian Ferentz. Yeah, like yeah. Th- th- he he yeah. wants those games. Yeah, yeah, Brian, Brian more than Kirk. Um, he did get Snyder though, although that's a different reason. But he, he, he got that one. Well, that was just like a he got that one get off over the hump yeah, type deal. Sure. It wasn't a guy's a punk. I want to beat him. There's a different deal, no doubt. But so I actually think Matt really likes Kirk. Yeah, 
Yeah. But I think the Brian thing. But he. Brian asked for it, though. <laughs> was that that same offseason where he yeah, did the, he did the whole names. those guys in Ames and deal? And they had him. They we, had him. We printed the T-shirts. Dead, dead to rights. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you see our new hats and t- our Cyclones versus the World T-shirts? I did. Love the. That's gonna be popular. Those are my favorite shirts like we've those. ever done. I do like those. Cyclones versus the World. I, Ashley was joking. She's like, "You have like your own little." She goes, "All these stupid shirts you guys are printing up are just stuff that you would say." I go, "Exactly." <laughs> <laughs> How have we made it this far? <laughs> We're ten years into this. Yeah. You're just figuring this out. It's just, but that's a great. Anyways, um, Herman is in town and he's cocky as ever. Uh, he was a total punk before the game. I remember talking, but I, I but people know to, I like Tom. So like so, I can say Tom. Uh, we we make fun of it because of the whole Mensa thing. But Tom is bright. Yeah, so he, he, knows, he knows it. <laughs> he he knows in order for. Texas to get back to the top because they're they're a pretty middling program right now. I mean they had the Mac Brown disappointment, then then Charlie Strong was an epic failure. They never really got it. He comes in. This is year one, and he knows in order for Texas to climb the ladder, he has to keep the Iowa States of the world to where they used to be. And so this is an important game. He's on national television on a Thursday night, and so Tom Tom had this one circled as well that this this was important for both programs, and. Uh, it was an interesting atmosphere pregame with the logo, with everything else, and it wasn't quite a sellout, though. I think that was a disappointing part as well, is there were some empty seats at Jack Trice, which is weird to say now. Yeah, there were. Um, I remember, yeah, that that was a talker the next day. I remember on, on Cakes, I know that was a talker the next day. But I want to set you up to what led up to this game, and I've since learned, and I can't do it now because it's – it's August 20th, but I'd like to at some point um, do a really deep dive on this. I have spoken to Matt Campbell about it. I did a column. Um, it would have been two summers ago down in um, Dallas about the defensive line, the three-man front, why make the move when you did, et cetera. So and, before the 18th season. Correct. When you did it. Okay. Um, and Matt told me. He he went back to the Akron game, which was the week before this mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Iowa State won like forty-one to fourteen. Yep, not much to it. Um, but he was pissed after the game. That was as pissed as we had seen Campbell since Iowa the year before. After a forty-one to fourteen win, yeah, he was pissed because Akron went eighteen for or eleven for downs. eighteen on third downs. Yeah, in yeah that I remember game. that now. Couldn't and, couldn't get pressure. So he he goes to John Haycock and basically is just like, you know, we can't keep doing this. You and I moved the football against him. Nate Stanley, as a freshman, I believe his first true road game, threw for 333 yards and yeah. five touchdowns in Jack Trice Stadium. I, Iowa had almost 500 yards of offense. Correct. And we know how they play and football. That was a great and offensive no. Iowa. Yeah. So Campbell and John Haycock going into this Texas game, they draw a line in the sand. And they say, we're completely redoing this thing. And we see them on September 28th show up with the dime stack three-man front, which will forever change Iowa State football. That was the biggest move. You can look at, you know, which we'll discuss here, the Park Kemp thing, the Lanning uh, move. But the biggest, David Montgomery, Hakeem Butler, all those things – Building blocks for Iowa State. The biggest change was the change of defense. It was it was a flip of the switch. Chris, the year the year prior, you know, we called John Haycock the professor now, 
and he had some really good defenses. I mean, he was a longtime defensive coach uh, in the MAC, and then he was a you know the head coach at Youngstown State. Significant experience. But the year prior, in, in 2016, Iowa State goes three and nine. The defense, and it's I don't like the stat, but they were 108th in total defense that year, and they gave up 470 yards a game. And then, like you said, the first three games, they're down in the in the 90s for total defense again. Yeah. Like, you think about it now, and we know from history that this is now the strength of Iowa State, but Iowa State coming in that year is like, well, we think we may be able to put up points because they've just gone nuts the last three games of 16 with Park and Lanning and Montgomery coming to, coming to play. But the defense was an unknown, and the biggest talker of the offseason – was Joel Lanning moving from offense to defense? It's like, how can you move? <laughs> how bad are you guys yeah. if you're moving I mean, your quarterback to pr- the middle linebacker? Prior spot? to this Texas game, there were pundits questioning that move. Completely. Like, they're like, this, I mean, this isn't working. Yeah. And Lanning, truthfully, got worked in the Iowa game Correct. a couple of different times by Akram Wadley. Well, he didn't against Texas. No, he did not. Uh, Joel Lanning leads the way. With 20 tackles, so, so eight of them solo in that football game. The goal with this deep defense was to get the best 11 players on the field, which seems pretty logical, but not always do football staffs think this way. You know, they have their formation, and they put guys into it. Where Iowa State was really light on the defensive line, especially defensive tackle. Their linebackers, they didn't have a lot there, but they had some secondary guys that they liked a lot. So how do you how do you maximize that? And that's what they did. And so you know your three D lineman, Ray Lima, who was the anchor. You had uh, Jaquan Bailey, who was a sophomore at the time, and you had the other end was J D Wagner. And then your three linebackers, who they liked, but they, again they had no depth at linebacker. Lanning, as discussed, and then Willie Harvey, and Marcel Spears was a young guy. So, but the secondary was pretty good. So you had Cotmoya, who had some experience. Brian Peavy, we know about. Uh, Everett Edwards, you know, pretty solid veteran. He's the guy who staked the flag at Oklahoma he the did. next week. He did. He did. So you <laughs> forgot about that. You had some guys back there. His DeAndre Jack, Payne. Jack Whitford's mentee. Mentee. We always joke about his Jack protege. About that, yeah. Because Baker had just done it. I'll but never so, forget doing a um, cyclone reaction after that Oklahoma game. And, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> An Iowa State player just staked the flag, and Whipper goes, "That's my protege," because <laughs> he saw it was Everett Edwards. And then you had Alex Golish like ripping it out that, of his yeah. hands. Oh my god, that's still surreal. Yeah, good, but so you had some guys times. in the secondary that were decent, better than the depth they had at linebacker and defensive line. So it was kind of a, it was really, a, it was a heave, man. Like oh, this yeah. was this was a complete, <laughs> a complete hail mary. Like stuff like this doesn't work and isn't done for good reason. Well, it worked for Iowa State despite the seventeen to seven loss, but there are a couple of other things that happened in this game, Brent, that I think were line-in-the-sand moments in the Matt Campbell era. Okay. And it starts with the first drive of the game. I was on the sidelines. I remember the conversation I was having and who I was having it with and where I was standing on the field when Iowa State forces Shane Bouchelle yeah, in Texas Bouchelle. to three yeah. and out. And then the somersault happens. Oh, no. Yeah. Jaquan. The Jaquan Bailey <laughs> somersault happens. Um, 15 yards. Texas drives right down the field scores. and scores seven of their 17 yeah. points. Yeah. And that was a seminal moment of Matt Campbell drawing the line in the sand with Jaquan Bailey, who had not been a problem. He wasn't going out and getting arrested and no. doing stuff like that. He but he was jacking knuckle- around. He was a knucklehead. He was a knucklehead. We had that moment. 
Tennis, and then tennis there was the Jacob yeah. Park, Matt Campbell scene that was seen yeah. literally around the world yep. on the sideline. And um, Park ends up going 24 for 48 in that football game, one touchdown, and three interceptions. Uh, 48 pass attempts. I remember really wondering what was going on there. And that Montgomery only had three, nine, nine, carries. nine carries for 34 yards yeah. in that football game. It was a defensive struggle. And then the real drama begins from there as Matt Campbell, again, I, I'll go back to it again, a, a seminal moment in drawing a line in the sand, which he did after that football game with Jacob Park. And the seeds start to get planted. I'll tell you what happened, and I know this for a fact. He's told me that Matt Campbell and Tom Manning did not leave the Sukup. Um, I was a Sukup practice facility. That'd be our friends over at basketball. Yeah, they did Bergstrom. not leave the Bergstrom facility until about four o'clock in the morning wow. that night. Is they completely tore down the Iowa State offense, looking to make a move to Kyle Kempt, Matt Campbell. Um, truly, I think, believes had they made that move earlier, they would have beaten Texas that night. And I'm not saying this to – I'm not going after Jacob Park. I have no problem with Jacob Park. But it wasn't working behind the scenes, which I think is safe to say now. And you could see it playing out during that football game on the sidelines. Extremely, I think, emotional, volatile young man. And when he was on, he was really, really good. But for whatever reason, I mean, there was a lot of expectations for him entering that year. I mean, he'd, he'd finished 16 really well. He comes in, plays pretty well against you and I, played pretty well against Iowa. But yeah, yet, yeah. you got the feeling that something wasn't quite adding up. He was okay against Akron again. Yeah. But then just Texas, something was completely off kilter. That you don't see Matt like that. You don't see You don't see that happen. Where Jacob was just, just not – not functioning at a high level and a couple things one they had him as a captain and so you've got this guy something's up yeah and it's not necessarily a great leader at the time and it's interesting so campbell not only scraps the defense but essentially <laughs> heading into that game yeah but then and, after and you that, see during that game okay we're on to something yeah so th- okay so we got something there but then after that you're four games into the year you're now owing one of the big 12 and now you're like I don't trust my quarterback now. That's – It's crazy. That is crazy. That's why I think this game – and I don't remember exactly when it hit me. Actually, I think it, like, started to ring a bell when I was talking with Jaquan Bailey in Dallas this year. It was just me and him hanging out at the Big 12 just getting to know each other a little bit. And I brought this game up, and he he basically was saying, like, yeah, I remember that play like it was yesterday – I remember Matt Campbell chewing me out. I remember that being an example of how I let my team down, all this stuff. Campbell used that play, and he used the whatever issues behind the scenes that I still don't know that was going on with Park, and he set the culture for... From then on. From then on. This was a turning-the-corner game for the program, despite the 17-7 to loss that, at the time, fans were really melting down about. Yeah, I mean, so there there was... People were most upset after that game. Uh, I think number one A was at Tom Manning. 
Yeah, because he threw the ball 48 yeah, times. Yeah, man. Montgomery, who, yeah. was, who had been phenomenal, had like nine that, carries. I remember that being the big talk. That was, Nobody that was could understand. number one. Yeah. Which – and then that next week was really surreal. It was, Were you, it was really a – One of the craziest weeks I've ever been you, around. It was to the point where – so Iowa State's now two and two. You're staring down the barrel at third-ranked Oklahoma. Your quarterback, Baker Your quarterback um, – for, for whatever reason is not you know is, what did is, we what were we told like mental health or yeah like i don't remember what it was so it he's, was something really he's around but yet and we didn't know I mean, you so walk me through that so let's start there you, you, we start hearing i started hearing stuff, rumblings on like, like sunday Tuesday, on sun, like well, sunday not, after the thursday I, I wasn't hearing that sunday that park was like gone yeah but i do remember hearing like how uneasy things had been and it was more it wasn't really a Campbell thing it was like players playing for the guy that type of a situation um and then I do I I mean I specifically remember that Tuesday we go in or Monday whichever it was at the time for the media stuff the park wasn't available park wasn't there we still didn't know the news yet something we didn't know anything we didn't know anything until Friday night. night before the game, o- we, Oklahoma game. I remember, I was at a Chris Stapleton concert. He was in Des Moines, and I think we all thought, like when I woke up that Friday, I thought Zeb Nolan would be playing. Sure. Or you're wondering, do you put Joel Lanning back? Right. Like because that is an option, and but but then we go, well, the guy just had 20 tackles. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> right. he hasn't taken a snap. Are we really going to move him now? Because now you disrupt the defense, who actually seemed to be going a okay direction. It was. Uh, I think Tommy broke that story. Well, so here's my perspective. Yeah, because you were in Norman with the team, so, so give me what you were seeing. It's always a t- uh, candidly, it's a tough situation for me because I fly with the team, and so we have our obviously Cyclone fanatic responsibility or yeah. Cyclone network responsibilities which your employees essentially, for lack of a better term, from of Iowa State Athletics. And you also, I also have my friends in the media, like you, clearly, who, yeah. not that you would break that story, but so we get on the plane, we travel usually about two or three in the afternoon from the Des Moines airport down to the site, take a charter with the team. And clearly, everyone's looking in the back of the plane to see if Jacob Park gets on the plane. Because we were kind of hearing rumors just like everybody else. When you say everyone, you're saying like you and Heft. Yeah, Heft and Bruns. And we're just looking. We have an idea that, you know, something went on this week. Who knows? But he clearly, Jacob's hard to miss. He was clearly not there. And so we're, I know about three (laughs) o'clock. But now I'm in the air. I'm like, I... Well, what what is this going to do? I knew basically from my... Because I do my Tuesday interviews with Campbell. Yep. Right? And you those ones that are on our network and on KXNO. And those, it's usually like 10 minutes, but I'm usually in his office closer to an hour. And he didn't come out and tell me that, that day. Yeah, that Park's MIA. But God, if you could read any sort of body language and take any sort of hints at all, you knew something was going on. Yep. Yep. And he... And I don't think Matt was lying to me. I think at Tuesday they had they not had made a made decision correct. what they were going to do. But I do think the wheels were in motion 
at that point. hours after that Texas game that they were going another direction and that it was going to be up to Jacob if he wanted to be a part of this yep. or not. And he never played another down, never played another snap never at Iowa did. State. Um, so we get we get to Norman and then Birch and Randy Peterson are at the team hotel just waiting for just Campbell. staking out, just waiting for Campbell to get off the bus. That's... And that's when the news broke. So that's when Campbell said, well, nope. And they he issued the statement and it went from there. And I'm telling you. I don't think I've had a more down Friday night <laughs> because it's like oh, we're, we're there. We're there at the Embassy Suites in Norman, you know. And the Embassy Suites has, by the way, a cocktail reception for anybody staying at the hotel. So it's took a, took it's a great that. benefit. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so I'm sitting you know, with Bruns and Walters and Hafton. I mean, everybody thinking. Yeah. That line, which was 31, yeah. that's not high enough. No. Like, this, this is going to get out of hand. And you're also thinking, like, here goes all that momentum yeah. that we thought so we had with Campbell, and, and like, you're, you're going to get you're plastered. You're staring down at two and three, and the schedule's not going to get any easier. You're going to have a freshman quarterback, a freshman running back. Exactly. You know. this is what, Yeah, and so and we're, so we we're, thought it would be Zeb. We're discussing it's going to be Nolan. We don't really know anything about him. Do they bring Lanning back? Well, that doesn't make sense. And then come on, someone's like, well, it could be Kyle Kempt. And we're all like, yeah. who? <laughs> we, we, we have to do some. Uh, Massillian, Ohio, some baby. Yeah. Title so town. It's, uh, I remember tweeting, and, and I, st- I, st- I was checking this out. I, I tweeted that night, well, Let's just hope things get weird tomorrow. <laughs> you know, it's kind of at that point where we got nothing to lose. Uh, let's, uh, you know, the whole major league, let's just win the, but, but nobody's, it reminds nobody's me of thinking that. George Costanza line. You want to get nuts? Yeah. That's <laughs> let's what, get nuts. That's what it was. That's what it was. And then obviously we know what happened the next day, but all uh, because he of. He kept almost through an interception like oh, his was, first pass. Was it was horrible. And it's 14 nothing right off the bat. And everyone's going, this <laughs> This is headed for Baylor, you know, I, 70 to 7. I do remember the tweets, too, about the point spread being like, because it moved, Brent, I want to say from yeah, like 28 to 31, 31 or something quickly. like that. And we're, and honestly, <laughs> when we talk about these things, we don't obviously gamble on it, but we're thinking that's not, this yeah. is going to be out of hand. And it's 14 nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. And you're going, oh, no. Here, we, Here comes You're Boomer playing Sooner. Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is the Heisman and Trophy winner. All their guys. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just him. No, but like, yeah. he's, I mean, I, he's one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL right now. That, so that without the Texas game, the Oklahoma game never happens. I mean, it just. Correct. Yeah. And that's why, like, in, to me, without the Texas game and without, I, I don't want to be completely. You know, loving up on Campbell here, but the wherewithal to after a forty-one to fourteen win, yeah, to, scrap to completely your blow up your defense. Wow, that is his account of it. You know, I haven't really talked to John Haycock about it. I feel like that's more of an off-season thing that I need to probably do at some point. But he, you know, this is what Matt Matt told me. Like I was so pissed off after that Akron game, we blew the whole thing up. That move, we see the fruition of it at Texas against Texas. And then to make the move that he did with Park. And and again, I don't think that necessarily the mom stuff had anything to do with it, but we kind of saw it with Mike Warren too. Yeah. Where at he, that that game, right? Like he it, got relegated to he, he, yeah. he had he was basically done. 
Yeah, and at that after point, that, he was considered to be it was a tweener, one A, one B. Yeah, we didn't with know Montgomery. that thing was done. And I want to make sure and point out, Mike Warren ended up being one of the great Cyclones, like as far as being a dude. Saw him in the complex the other day. Yeah, he's still hanging around. Fantastic. Yeah. So I don't want to like no. we're talking down at him, but at the time, that I remember was a story. I mean, that was there were threads on Cyclone Fanatic about those tweets and stuff. The the Jaquan Bailey incident yep. this was a line in the sand game for the program that despite a 17 to 7 loss i think it set them up for success not only that season but what we've seen since well and then you saw a couple guys step up after that texas game and it's lanning and lazard i mean those guys deserve a lot of kudos campbell's now told the story after the fact that they had a practice, I think it was Wednesday before the Oklahoma game, where they put Lanning back quarterback for the first time. Yeah. And the whole practice just, you know, flipped on an instant. Like yeah. everybody got juiced up. Like, okay, Correct. here we go. This is going to be fun. Yes. And it, it rejuvenated them all. And if you look at the first quarter of that Oklahoma game, they get Lanning in for the first time. And it, the the tide changes. He was awesome that day, Lanny. Oh God, it was, that was so great. Legendary, what? just legendary what he did. And then Lazard, the fact that he had the game-winning touchdown. I mean, those guys that toiled through everything, and they're staring down if that, after that Texas game. You're at two and two. You're at Oklahoma, instant loss, two and three. Okay, you got a, a, a gimme against Kansas, but then you're at Tech, TCU. Like, all right, not going to make a bowl game, but somehow. Some way, it changed. It's because that it damn changed. defense. And the, but it was the defense. Because yeah. you look at it, yeah, the offense was okay. The offense was fine. And they were good in the Oklahoma game. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah, Kemp they were was, really good. Kemp never played a better game than that one. No, that They're was his close. best game. Not even close. But if you <laughs> You're look. You're right, actually. At, at, at the rest of the season, Iowa State held eight of nine Big 12 opponents under scoring averages. This is the same defense that two weeks prior gave up 500 yards and 44 points to Iowa. But that switch, that simple switch, that really wasn't that simple. They essentially handcuffed the rest of the Big 12, all these offenses. Yeah. It was unbelievable what, it, what, what they were able to do, and it was against everybody. I do think it'll be fascinating to the rest of this season, or the rest, this season, to see that, I mean, the, these defenses um, – are becoming more and more common now. A lot of because of what John Haycock yep. and Matt Campbell yep. did. Um, I want to. I just want to see how they continue to tweak it. I think Will McDonald is a big aspect of that, and I also think too. Um, I, I can't get rid of the quote. And I, I was there when he did it at Big Twelve Media Day when Matt Campbell said, "You can't minor in our defense. You have to major in it," which is a really to me I kind of feel like I know how Matt speaks. That's him hinting like we're going to have different aspects of this coming into this year yeah and i'm really curious how the offensive offenses adjust as well and yeah so i mean what, what what flipped the tide for iowa state that defensive switch and then the rest of 17 amazing and then last year superb as well with that now we're almost two years into this thing do you do you see adjustments you saw a little bit in that texas game where Texas is able to get some stuff against Iowa State with the defense. But that's why Iowa State always is going to have to tinker. And so the McDonald stuff, and now they've got guys that they could probably be more traditional and be successful. So I think they'll still have that three-man front. But I think eventually Iowa State's going to have to filter in more and more traditional looks because – you always have to keep the opponent guessing. You've got really good coordinators and head coaches on the offensive. Oh end my gosh! Yeah, in this league too. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's crazy that the thing that Iowa State 
when they've had great teams, yeah. it's been the defense and, mm-hmm. and been the defensive line. And Ray Lima, who just got recognized today as second-team All-American, so cool. which was really neat. And he got the Curtis Bray deal, right. and which is awesome. He uh, He's right there with Landon and Lazard as culture changers, and Matt's talked about it this year. It's great we have him for another year, but if he's not able to gobble up what he does uh, at that you know the nose and that three man none of this is possible if you have you know name a defensive tackle from years past that that road sometimes throughout there it does it doesn't work nick frere yeah, yeah and nate frere nate, great player nick's my buddy N- nice he was guy Carpenter, right? but he yeah. just you know they they tried roads tried doing the three man for yeah, a little bit and it didn't, didn't it didn't just didn't work i mean I, vernell trent a couple years ago like he he was a fine defensive tackle but nothing you could change right. an entire so this scheme for that move changed the uh entire history of iowa state now you're entering a year ranked in the 21st which is wild you sold forty-five thousand season tickets and everybody's expected iowa state to be a big 12 championship contender all because of a this, thursday night september 28th, 28th yeah. 2017 game you put up seven measly points on the board. by the way um I I ran this theory by Matt Campbell for the record, and he completely agreed <laughs> with me. Now I I didn't give him any of my like commentary yeah. on it. I just I texted him one night because I You're I was it thinking around in your about mind. Yeah, yeah I go. It was when I was writing that column on Jaquan mm-hmm. like last month, and he basically agreed with me. In the sense is he's like that was the night that we basically all decided like that we have to completely the same the yeah. we got to get rid of the knuckleheads we got to I'm, I'm paraphrasing yeah yeah obviously but he he kind of looks at that as a turning point too and I don't think that it's really been told so that's why I wanted us to be able to get together and do this yeah I mean tonight. you obviously know what what happened yet it's it, even in a not it was really a there was not much to that Texas game. It was a it was boring kind game. Of a boring. In fact, the lead, the lead for uh, ESPN was well, neither of these teams showed that they could be <laughs> Big Twelve contenders with this game. Like Which nobody, we, really, we all kind of thought like Iowa State's getting better. Park, this Park kid's a really talented yeah. quarterback. They got this up and coming running back. Yeah. Lazard's a pro. And Butler was just great against Iowa. And then you have Herman turning the corner. Texas, was, are they going to be back at some point? And the game was a dud, but... Would you rather this year, would you rather beat Herman at home or win in Norman again? Oh, my gosh. I think I want Herman. Yeah. I mean, I the chances of lightning striking down to Norman again, that's an all-timer for me. Like, I... You're, you, you're way more afraid of them than I am. I'm not afraid of them. I just know how good they are. And the I know they're they, good. I'm not doubting They have them. literally lost one game at home in the last like five years. I don't doubt that. I just, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I, I don't know. It, I have a lot of respect for Lincoln Riley. I think he's really good. I think the Dallas Cowboys should fire Jason Garrett and hire him immediately. If he would take yeah, it is a different question. Good move. But, I'm really anxious. I think the most interesting storyline for me going into the football season is Jalen Hurts 
and Lincoln Riley in that marriage. Yeah. Because we'll I'm not a huge Jalen Hurts guy. I would agree with you. But I'm also not going to doubt Lincoln Riley with yeah. it. I just I you don't think, think he is Kyler Murray or, or Baker, Baker Mayfield. I agree. That'll be interesting. And, and I also – I do think this Grinch guy, Campbell's old teammate at Mount Union, is a well, pretty good defensive coordinator. So I think that they'll get better defensively. Yeah. But I I don't know, man. I, I look it up and I, I stack it up. And sure, they have more talent. But I'm I'm really not that intimidated by that Oklahoma game. I actually – I do I, – I mean, I'm, I was one of only seven media members to vote Texas. I think Texas is better than Oklahoma yeah, and going I, into the year. Yeah, I probably look at history too much. Just the fact that Iowa State's – Defeated Oklahoma twice since 1958. Yeah. No, I know. Like, and they're going to be probably, if the game were played today, they'd be a seven to 10 point yeah. underdog. Like, I, I get sure. that. But I'm saying, like, just like as a fan, would you rather beat Herman or win in Norman? Oh, gosh. I want Herman bad. Yeah. And, bad. and honestly, and, it, and I know it's not the Big 12, but the Iowa game is up there for me, too. Yeah, Sorry. I do, too. Yeah. Like, I. It's no kid, no that, question. That door needs to be shut. Yes. Brian Ferentz and Tom Herman need to be shown some. If really Campbell's beating everybody else, right? I think that he's played multiple times. Yeah. Yeah, no, they have. They have beaten so everybody else. There's nobody else are, that he hasn't beaten. Those are big games. It's fun to have this conversation of, man, we're right there with Texas and Oklahoma. So all thanks to. Uh, all thanks to September 28th, 2017. Thursday. Yeah. Which a game that. Yeah, because we when that game ended, we're doing a reaction. We're like, man, this had this is looking staring down at five and seven yeah. again. The fanatics the next day was horrible. <laughs> Come on, Manning, horrible. what are you doing? Give the ball to Montgomery. Uh, and then the damn bugle logo. <laughs> well, that's all Murph and Andy talked about, if I remember right. <laughs> was it? I don't. I don't even remember. But I. <laughs> something about those Texas games on Thursday nights. Remember the Jeremiah George one? That was a Thursday night game. We could do that a was series. the Paul Rhodes, or no? Then the one time Clones beat Texas and Rhodes was like, "Have you ever seen our complex?" And then yeah, that was I mean that they, was ten. They, Iowa State had no the, business beating the George game is when Paul went nuts yeah. about the officiating. Oh yeah, what are you supposed to tell that kid? Yeah, yeah. That and thus the uh, I loved Rhodes. Thus the upon rants, further man. upon further review beer coming out yeah. on Saturday. Upon further review, it'll be released on uh, at two o'clock. Uh, good, good memories. It's crazy that's less than two years ago, but it really is Seems a, a, a lifetime ago. Ass time, Iowa ago. State football wise. Thanks to our friends at Sukup Manufacturing, the Sukup Summer Series is always a hit. Uh, one of the most popular podcast series that we do here at Cyclone Fanatic, and we appreciate their um, sponsorship here over the last two years. I do think we're going to um, we're going to bleed this into the. Very gotta, early fall. We got a bye week. And do our final episode in the bye week. And I think we're going to do a Cyhawk history type deal. Um, I've got that some is, thoughts. Okay. Yeah, that is the plan for now. So we're not – we do apologize. Bloom was traveling. You have vacation. You travel a lot for work. And then my wife just gave birth to our second child last week. And it's just been a little bit of a – cluster here the last couple of weeks for, for us for good reasons congratulations so, by the way thank you publicly appreciate that more than you know all right uh thanks for listening everybody coming up later on in the week um we'll have stands and fits on the cyclone fanatic podcast network 
Also, um, I'm going to have Pete from Barntown on later this week, and we are going to talk about the beer. Great. Upon further review, it's going to be like a a light ale that is like very, as Pete says, crushable for the tailgate lots. Which is great. That's, that's what he's designing Especially it for. when uh, the Stripes decide to hose you again. Yeah. yeah. Crush I hope that stripe. he makes the, the bottle or the crowler look like you. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, The referee. Or the gentleman from the K-State game in 17. Oh, my God. That guy's the worst. <laughs> I know the name, but I'm not going to throw it out there. Do you remember where you were at Can when that, that happened? So that, that, Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. So that's <laughs> the whole 2017 year when we're doing this, you know, 10 years from now. That should be a that whole season that was should be nuts. A, more than just a podcast. And then the whole bushlight thing with Jerry the King Lawler. God, what Chris, a Chris w- Williams playing bouncer at the Kings bar. I had to kick that guy out. Yeah, <laughs> he this guy who a friend of mine. I'm not going to say her name. Brought she just randomly met him on Beale Street, of course. And he snuck into the back room. He tried to steal. He was wearing the king's robes. Unacceptable. I was pissed. Unacceptable. Yeah. Well, this so is good. I, I was at the Temptations concert at the, the Ritzy party. <laughs> yeah. That was a... Man, you, you gave me so much ammo that night. True story. Before we go, I didn't get an invite to like the big... It was Learfield, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a Learfield, Learfield like, Iowa State sports thing. properties, yeah. like Learfield, Iowa State. Yeah. They're having this like ritzy, like like black tie dinner. Yep. At the, where were we at? Uh, the Peabody. The Peabody. And uh, the Temptations were the guests. Yeah, and I didn't get an invite. So I said, <laughs> you know what? Screw you guys, because all my friends are there. <laughs> I said, forget about you guys. I'm going to throw my own damn party. And I got... I got um, Randy Hales was his name. He was way back in the day was a wrestling manager for the nature boy, Ric Flair. You can't make it. And me and Randy were having a couple of cold beers a couple nights before. I just randomly bumped into him at a bar and we, we got, we befriended one another and he works for Lawler and hooks me up with Lawler's personal VIP room where the King came and watched the clones and Steve Prom lose to Kansas state in basketball yeah. that night. But I was so dejected you, because you, you guys didn't invite me to your party. It wasn't my choice. Why, the the I, temptations jammed, man. I still don't know why I didn't get invited to that party. Will. <laughs> but regardless. Black tie, the temptations, Chris Williams. <laughs> but we had a hell of a time yeah, with yeah, Jerry I, the King I actually, Lawler. at the end of the day, uh-huh. I wished I was. You would have had more fun with yeah, us, I can promise you. I on my glass of wine. I'll never forget that night either <laughs> afterwards. Um because Stansberry was supposed to, we had ordered a pizza that night. Because the game's the next day. Yeah. And we had ordered a pizza, and my wife was with me, you know, yeah. and my father-in-law. We weren't, like, crazy. Yeah, you weren't going nuts. Like, it wasn't a... You were working at the King. Yeah, it was stressful for yeah. me. It was yeah. not that fun until yeah. everybody left. And then we were hanging out with the King, which was a good time. <laughs> um, But Stansberry, we ordered a pizza, and he passed out, like, <laughs> and didn't hear the guy call. Oh, no. And, like, you know, and Bloom staying at the five-star Peabody. Yeah, with the ducks. We, we literally, Cyclone Fanatic literally got an Airbnb in this horrible part of Memphis, this ta- this house that was surrounded by razor blades. 
And Stansberry didn't hear the phone call, oh, no. so we never got our pizza that night. Oh, no. But I hope he slept well in the oh, it was plush glorious. Peabody. It was glorious. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. And um, lots of podcasts coming up later on in the week. Game week coming up.